Hey, what's going on? It's your Friday episode of Locked On Raptors, and your Toronto Raptors are rolling, baby. They won in overtime last night against the Chicago Bulls. They've won five of six on this Hawks, Bulls, Heat, and Hornets squared stretch of the schedule. They got two games left in it, but they've already assured themselves above 500. It's very exciting, and the Raptors have an all-star. Fred Van Vliet is going to Cleveland. Could Pascal Siakam be joining him? We'll talk about that, plus hand out the due to the game with today's guest, Katie Heindel, on Locked On Raptors. Thanks for being here. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to episode number 1112 of Locked On Raptors. We've gotten into a weird range with the numbers that I'm going to stumble over a lot. Either way, uh, I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors. And of course, you can find the podcast free and available on all your favorite podcast platforms in audio form. Plus, you can go to YouTube and hit that big red subscribe button. And it's a very nice thing. For you to do and as always a big thank you for making us your first listen of the day all right on today's show lots to get to pascal siakam had an incredible game last night along with basically the entire list of toronto raptors it was a really fun one against a good chicago bulls team feel good win in a, in a stretch where there's been a lot of those uh so we're going to dig into that we're going to go through our biggest takeaways from the game we're going to talk about the all-star selection of fred van vliet potential all-star selection of Pascal Siakam. We've got the dude of the game where I think OG Ananobi might feature prominently. He was rather awesome last night. Uh, and here to talk about all of it is the wonderful Katie Heindel from Dime, from Yahoo, from Dishes and Dimes, from A Basketball, from Basketball Feelings. Katie, is there an outlet where you're not writing for? I guess like Breitbart, you're not doing that. Yeah, there's there's a, there's quite a few, but you know, they're all, they're all on my list, Sean. Maybe not Breitbart. Uh, Breitbart, yeah. does it still exist? That I don't know. I don't it feels think like it a does. lot of that sort of wheel of uh, journalism kind yeah. of died when I'm not going to go whatever, after but... Rebel. I'm not going to go <laughs> Breitbart. Fox probably out. You know, there's some that it's like they're not on my list. So I should That's re fair. revise yeah. that statement. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, it's, I, I, they're on your different list. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, sort mm -hmm. of a more uh, file those away under garbage or something like that. <laughs> Either way, uh, Katie, your Toronto Raptors are rolling. They're 27 and 23 after beating the Bulls in overtime last night. Because boy, boy, does do the Raptors players need anything but more minutes? Uh, <laughs> let's uh, dive into this one, Katie. Uh, super fun game, honestly. Like I just was having a blast watching two good teams kind of wail on each other. That's what this game really felt like uh and it was great and the raptors pulling it out uh even greater so your overall thoughts your biggest takeaway from the raptors fourth win in a row fifth out of six as they continue to climb or not really climb but uh prepare for a climb up the eastern conference standings yeah it was a really complete game to me and i mean that in the sense of as you said like you've got a healthy raptors team you have a mostly healthy complete bulls team the Raptors mm -hmm. haven't had that in a minute, you know, like they, it's been a nice pass stretch for it. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, that was kind of my takeaway was just like, this is what 
complete basketball looks like, and it's nice to see it again. They played a nine-man rotation in this game. It's unbelievable. They played three guys off the bench more than 10 minutes, which is uh, an absolute achievement in bench use for Nick Nurse. And, and yeah, I kind of felt the same. This felt to me, in particularly the first half. Look, their defense had some moments in the first half where it kind of slipped here and there, but I thought for the most part, even though they only went into the half up 54-50, I thought they played as sharp a first half as they've played during this run of really strong play. Like their offense was super crisp. They were executing. The Bulls' defense, I think, kind of perked up a little bit in the second half in stretches, and obviously that led to it being tied going into overtime. But I, I thought overall, like this was a really sharp game from the Raptors where, yeah, you got contributions from everybody. You got six guys with 16 or more points, which is amazing. And, you know, it, it kind of followed a bit of a different script from the last few games, you know, where Gary Trent Jr. has kind of been this life support vessel for the Raptors. The offense has been tricky. Fred and Pascal clearly gassed and exhausted. And Gary Trent Jr. is just taking it upon himself. And, you know, last night, a bit of a quieter night for him until he gets a steal and hits the game, like the dagger three in the last 20 seconds. Um, but you get Pascal having a really strong first half, kind of giving way in the second half to Scotty Barnes and OG and Fred Van Vliet. That's like the beauty of this team, Katie, is, yeah, maybe they could use some sort of central heliocentric figure for certain moments, but I don't really think they necessarily need it because they're getting good looks at all times with, you know, the collection of guys they have. Like Fred Van Vliet has just become so masterful you know, even sort of navigating around length and arms. I thought he did such a good job last night, kind of getting into the middle of the floor, finding open shooters. That's what happened on that Gary Trent Jr. three as well. Like he's just been really, really airtight in terms of, or he was airtight last night in terms of his like second half probing and creation as Siakam saw a lot of attention and had to defer back to Fred. Like just, uh, you know, it's kind of a whack-a-mole thing, right? Because then you get to overtime and OG's scoring all the buckets and Scotty Barnes is filling in the hoop. Like it's just... It's a cool collection of guys. Does it concern you at all that there's not sort of like one clear to find number one? Or is that like more of a feature and not a bug to you? Well, first I'll say that um, it's nice that Gary was saving it up. A small part of me was mm -hmm. happy that he didn't break DeMar's uh, record the night <laughs> that he was playing DeMar. I, I just I didn't think that would be very fitting. So I'm glad that he didn't. Um, as for there not being a central figure, no, not at all. Uh, mm -hmm. That was never... I mean, honestly, even when Kawhi Leonard was on the team, like, I know he's a central figure. Yeah, he was a central figure, but it still didn't feel to me as if the Raptors team was structured with that in mm -hmm. mind. Like, he kind of, yeah. he was able to slot in very easily uh, into, into a, like, space for him. But I think, like, the Raptors have continued on with that kind of dynamic. Mm -hmm. Um which is fine. I mean, it used to be you couldn't necessarily afford or attract a central figure, but now it's just the team is is formed so that it doesn't really need one. And I mean, Fred is as as much of that as you want to get, but the like the Tatum duo of Fred and Pascal Siakam works mm -hmm. so well. I don't know why you'd want to pick one or the other. And like you've yeah. got the trifecta of like Fred and OG and Pascal again. Like, why would you want to pick one above the other? They do a really good job of like shuttling in and out who's going to be the guy at any even moment of the game. Mm -hmm. But like that's all part of their fluidity. And that's what makes them such a tough team to beat. 
Yeah, I mean, their crunch time offense, yeah, they don't have that guy who you're like, all right, we're going to throw this ball to him and we'll figure out, you know, oh, he's going to go and sort of be our late game engine. And like, yeah, Pascal typically has been the guy who's like sort of beginning those possessions. He wasn't last night. He was kind of off the ball because, you know, the Bulls were sending so much attention his way. It just didn't make a ton of sense to, you know, dare those traps and stuff like that. But yeah, he, he's just been like the whole team has been so balanced and there's just not really any sort of inkling as to where the next attack is coming from and that's got to be difficult in a different way than it is sort of dealing with like a LeBron James type in crunch time where you kind of know there's this inevitable force Mm -hmm. you know the Raptors go with this sort of yeah guess what you have no idea what we're going to run here we could run a Spain pick and roll for Gary Trent Jr. We could run, uh, you know, a four, a three, four pick and roll between Siakam and OG. We could run some weird football play. Like there's just a lot of unpredictability to what the Raptors do. And their main five guys all being guys who you're pretty comfortable with taking a big shot. Even Scotty Barnes, look at, like, look at him scoring over Nikola Jokic in overtime, tapping it in to send it to overtime as well. Like there's just a lot of trust, I think, that, whoever ends up with it at the end of whatever the progression the offense is going through is like it's going to be a quality look and that is pretty fantastic when you got guys like og hitting threes the way he did last night too like it all just kind of comes together the defense is still capable of really really high moments it wasn't so good in the second half you know they, they gave up 64 points but you know again i think that was a lot of a function of just like a really high pace in this one it was kind of a track meet back and forth i think the raptors before overtime started had already tied their season high for shot attempts in a game at 107 with the game against the heat on saturday um so really high you know the, the scoring probably is a little bit skewed in this one because of just the pace but um yeah just a a total complete team group effort and the fact that you got kem birch back as well is nice he didn't look you know he looked like he's coming back from injury right so he only played five minutes didn't do a ton but you have that to sort of throw into the mix now and you know obviously things get a little bit trickier you've got three bigs playing off the bench two of whom were pretty good last night in particular chris boucher was absolutely game changing and was one of the reasons why they won this game for sure but you know it's one of them good problems oh no we have three useful bigs off the bench what the hell are we going to do i guess the deadline will kind of you know we'll, we'll see if there's some sort of shake up in the way the rotation is assembled but things are looking up katie it's looking pretty good are, are you like sort of setting your visions on like higher things in the eastern conference now the nets are losing games all over the place the Cavs are hurt like do you think there is a, a pathway here for the Raptors to ascend beyond even maybe the sixth seed, which has kind of been that white whale that they've been chasing to avoid the play in all year. Anything is possible this season. Uh, honestly, mm-hmm. like you've just seen that in the first half of the season. Um, I wouldn't say that East is wide open. Like things mm-hmm. are certainly starting to cement, uh, but there's still like the reality of unfortunately injuries, COVID um, fatigue just in general, mm-hmm. because you have other teams that are in the Raptors position where, you know, players have had to make up a lot of minutes um, for uneven, uneven rosters. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think like if the Raptors stay looking this complete and good, um, even even if they don't, because they've shown they can play through uh, quite a lot, mm-hmm. uh, then I think, yeah, there is there's ample opportunity for them, I, I guess, to like clinch something a bit higher. Like six, like six has seemed like that's the thing. Like six seems so doable even when they were struggling. Honestly, it's a long season, right? Like it takes a little little while to get there. Um, but now six just seems a little bit more easy breezy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, like I, I I mean, <laughs> there's not really like 
an analyst's take, but yes. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's, I, I think there's this sort of like mental barrier when you try to sort of vision, envision a way in which the Raptors climb the East, because you see, you look at the standings, you've got that like thick line between six and seven. It's more of a thin dotted line, but for effect, I'm saying it's thick and robust. Uh, and like the top teams, Above them are all teams outside of the Cavs, probably, or teams you would have expected to be there and seem a little bit like inevitable. But when you consider that they've beaten the two teams that are currently tied for the one seed three times in the last six days, they have beaten the Bucks twice this month. They are also only four and a half games out of literally first place. Like, I think it's okay to be a little ambitious here. And I think that should kind of go into the thinking of the front office as well as they look towards the trade deadline and sort of calculate, okay, like, is this worth kind of cashing some chips for and making a bit of a run? I think at this point, you know, going five and one during this particular stretch against these four teams that they're playing two times, it's like so, so incredible and really, really impressive. And I think should kind of set them up for, you know, some high dreaming going into the back part of the season here after the deadline and the all-star break. Uh, speaking would, of dreaming. I oh, would just hesitate quickly. Like I would not hedge. I would not like cash it all in at this point, uh, like on a, on a good last five games. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like be aspirational at the deadline if you can, but I think, mm -hmm. uh, don't lose sight. Sure. Don't lose sight of the larger goal. Yeah, I think that's been kind of my view of it all along. Is I think they should try to find something to add to this team who can be on the team beyond this year, and it is sort of like a future-looking thing. And to me, like if you attach a first-round pick to Goran Dragic to do that, I think that is a perfectly acceptable thing to do, considering where this team is already at and like how far ahead of schedule they already seem to be. Um, and uh, I had a segue there, Katie. Speaking of dreaming, we're just going to rewind it. Fred Van Vliet, that dude, his whole life is a dream. Uh, we're going to talk about Fred Van Vliet, who is uh, now a freaking all-star. It's really awesome. We're going to get into that and just sort of uh, shower Fred with love and praise in just one second here on the pod. But first, I want to tell you about our pals over at Bet Online. Bet Online has covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right towards the big game next weekend. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores podcasts and news this season and it's not just football bet online has up to the minute info on pro and college hoops and nhl boxing ufc along with live real-time updates of career games and hey they also have baseball whenever baseball comes back it might never happen again because uh boy oh boy rob manfred whoa uh, anyway uh don't wait and take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season bet online is where the game starts and we continue on with your first listen of the day here on Locked On Raptors with Katie Heindel and Fred Van Vliet, Katie, the man from Rockford, the undrafted free agent in 2016, who had a speech that they aired part of from his draft night where he was talking about how it could only ever be this way. He has now been named an NBA All-Star. It is uh, the stuff of movies, Katie. We all kind of expected this to happen it got a little hairy there watching the broadcast when chris middleton makes it and you're counting up the players and you're like uh oh and you're they're going alphabetical too so you know fred's gonna be near the bottom with that v shout out to anyone who uh was low on your class list for pizza day growing up uh, as a w i was there uh anyway um yeah just uh kind of what were your emotions kind of seeing it happen the reactions they did the open gym moment on the twitter last night just uh 
incredibly good vibes all over the place and so so deserved and such an incredible story start to finish and it's not anywhere close to over he's in his sixth nba season <laughs> yeah it's wonderful i mean a part of me is also like wow it's kind of crazy it took this long you know what i mean um because mm -hmm. i think fred van vliet's been a guy who i mean He's, he's, he's always been things. Can, well, I just mean like for someone who's been counted out as much as he has, he certainly mm. like makes good on a lot of the, the promises he's made to himself very quickly. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So All-Star almost seems like a little bit late at this point when you consider all the other things that he's achieved. Um, mm -hmm. But it's important to him. I think it was really beautiful the way that the team sort of rushed him. I think it's extremely nice that Damar was there too uh, mm -hmm. and got to kind of be involved in that moment with him. You know, like that was... That was one of his rookies. So I think that's a pretty cool full circle for them. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it'll be great. I think it'll be wonderful to watch Fred Van Vliet probably again, like Lowry, one of the only players who will take the all-star game seriously uh, <laughs> and will bring to it some kind of gravity and fun in that way. Um, but yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool. I have to say um, shout out to when Amy asked him a question, I think it was, um, it wasn't post, it was before the game. No, it was post game. And mm -hmm. she, it was the first time I'd actually ever seen Fred kind of pause and not have a ready answer, but she was just like, you know, um, you're a champ. Now you're an all-star. Like, where does that come from? And mm -hmm. he was just like, I don't know. You know, like, and I, I think for someone who's just like spent so much of his career based on this singular focus and like dedication to, you know, betting on yourself and overcoming the odds and not really paying attention to any of the detractors or lists or whatever. Um, there must be these moments of pause when you get to the thing that you wanted, when it all sort of still has to hit you, you know, mm -hmm. like you can, you can, you can take a minute and like catch your breath. Uh, mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what he was doing at that moment, which was pretty cool to see. But yeah, it's great, man. Yeah, like it's probably cliche to say he's like inspirational, but like it's it's true. <laughs> like it's just like a an unbelievable sort of arc that he's gone on. And like, like I I I was getting a little introspective last night, like watching Fred, watching the like the playbacks of the clips. Like I, I don't know about you, I feel like like a lot of people, I've been in sort of like a general malaise as like a human being for the last couple of years. I felt very little motivation to like improve my station in life i'm just like yeah i'm here whatever we'll just roll with it and that's cool um you know it, it's been tough and I, I like earnestly last night watching fred van vliet talk about being an all-star i was just like yeah you can get your shit together dude like, <laughs> like you can do you you can like get off you can stop playing stardew valley all the time you can start like you know improving yourself and bettering yourself like mm -hmm. it sounds silly but it's like very true he's a, a really really easy dude to kind of get caught up in the lore of because of just like kind of everything he exudes and i still really can't believe the fortune of handing the keys over from Kyle Lowry directly to that guy. <laughs> like it's teams dream all along of like stringing along success, right? And, you know, threading the needle from one era to the next. And the Raptors just casually did that with the, the greatest player in their franchise history, handing it over to someone who's going to go down as one of the greatest players in their franchise history. And they didn't even skip a beat. And if anything, like Fred's gotten even better. Like it's just, 
man, uh, really, really awesome stuff and could not want to pass along enough congratulations to Fred Van Vliet for, for getting it done. Uh, and I guess that kind of leads us to the other uh, sort of all-star question with the Raptors. Pascal Siakam does not make the team. I think that was mm-hmm. kind of expected. There was a lot of uh, you know, a lot of guys who are deserving. And so, you know, I think Chris Middleton making it is probably the one that most people would quibble with. Probably Drew Holiday has been better than him this year. Maybe should have been on the team ahead of him, but um, that doesn't involve Pascal Siakam, of course. That said, Kevin Durant is hurt and is not going to be playing the All-Star game. There will be an All-Star injury replacement named, at least one of them. And as you mentioned earlier, this season's unpredictable as hell. Maybe there's more. You hope there's not, but maybe there is. Maybe Fred Van Vliet wants to take a nap. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, um, <laughs> with uh, at least one injury replacement available, you know, the, the candidates I think you run through are you know, uh, probably LaMelo Ball, I would say Drew Holiday, Jared Allen, your fave, uh, Miles Bridges, your other fave, and Pascal Siakam. You know, I, I think if you go on just like the pure statistical and on-court impact, Siakam is pretty clearly maybe in running with Lamelo, but like Lamelo doesn't have the defense Siakam does. Like I think Siakam on merit should be there as the replacement. He's playing at an all NBA level right now. And I don't think you can say that about any of the other guys. And you can honestly say that Pascal is playing better basketball right now than the guy who just got named to the all-star team, Fred Van Vliet. Like that's how good Siakam has been lately. You know, that's not to say Fred's not deserving, by the way, Fred's the deserving all-star on this team of the two for the whole season contribution. But when it comes down to that extra bonus spot, do you think Siakam gets it? You know, it feels like the factors are kind of against it. It's in Cleveland. So you've got Jared Allen potentially getting it. Also, it's the all-star game, and the Hornets have been good, just as good as the Raptors, and they didn't get somebody, so maybe they get Lamelo or Miles Bridges ahead of Siakam just to sort of even things out. Uh, are you feeling hopeful for Siakam getting that uh, second all-star nod as an injury replacement, or do you think it's going to go somewhere else? Uh, yeah, I think it's going to go somewhere else. <laughs> I mean, I think they'll also, you know, you'll look at the fact that, like, not to say if you've been there before, obviously you don't get to go again. This mm-hmm. happens, like, guys go all the time, uh, mm-hmm. but I think – you know, if anything, it's the other way around because inertia is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, yeah, it's given that it's in Cleveland, but I, I really don't mean that as like a consolation. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, I do love Jared Allen, but I also think Jared Allen has had one of the most deserving careers thus far this season, right? Like, well, thus mm-hmm. far and then like certainly in play this season uh, to to be to make that team. I would be surprised if it wasn't Jared Allen. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry, Pascal. <laughs> I I just um I don't know I feel maybe too realistic as a Raptors uh, fan now to think sure. that you know we would have two two guys in this game. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I agree. I don't think it's going to happen again. Mm-hmm. I think on merit, Siakam's been the best of those guys, but it's it's just not always how it works. And I I think my money would be on Lamelo Ball because the Hornets didn't get somebody, and Lamelo is kind of like a perfect All Star player with the lobs and stuff. So. Um, that would be my sort of loose prediction right now. It, I think it'll be him or Allen for Adam Silver's pick, but uh, you know, it, it's worth noting. Siakam has 100% played uh, at a level deserving of being on the all-star team. And I think of all of the guys who are on the fringes of making the, that sort of injury replacement spot, I think if you're looking at someone in that group and saying, hmm, of these guys, who's going to make all NBA at the end of the season? Siakam has, I think, pretty clearly the best chance of all those guys. So, um, you know, probably not going to happen, but does not take anything away from how damn good Pascal has been. And he continued to be that last night. Boy, oh boy, he's really, really good. And his defense late in that game against DeMar DeRozan 
the one possession where he blocked him or didn't block him, but contested him at the rim, forced the really short miss, then contested him like 18 feet out. Just, I mean, he's so good. <laughs> anyway, let's carry on. Katie, we're going to move into the dude of the game, the way we wrap up every one of our game recap episodes here. It's been a long week of game recap episodes. Let me tell you, a lot of freaking games, but we are going to hand out the dude of the game on the other side. But first, just want to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar who are making the best tasting protein bars in the world you got to check them out if you are trying to eat healthy if you're trying to avoid the sweets or you have a sweet tooth that you want to please without being too indulgent built bar is for you they have a ton of great flavors and they are way better for you than your standard candy bar the average built bar contains 130 calories four grams of sugar four grams of net carbs and 17 grams of protein you can compare that to any candy bar which is usually going to have at a at minimum 240 calories 30 grams of sugar and dozens of net carbs. It's not even close. Get yourself a Built Bar. They have tons of great flavors, as I said. A flavor for everybody. They got fruity kinds. They got more chocolatey and sweet kinds, really sort of indulgent confections. And they'll have a limited time flavors that pop up from time to time as well. Caramel almond. Get caramel almond if you ever see it. I have a couple in my fridge. I'm scared to eat them because I'm scared I'm never going to get them again. That's how good those things are. They got me up nights thinking about, is there going to be more caramel almond coming to the site? Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Rounding out your first listen of the day here with Katie Heindel, and we are now at the segment that everybody talks about. It's everyone's favorite segment. It's the dude of the game, and Katie, we uh, discussed this beforehand. There's a lot of good choices. Basically, everybody on the team did dude stuff last night. <laughs> I have nominated OG Ananobi as the dude of the game. Sorry, my captions aren't working. It was supposed to pop up just as I clicked, and here it is. Due to the game. OG Ananobi. There we go. Uh, last night, OG goes for 21 points. He shoots 8 for 15. He hits a couple of big threes in crunch time and overtime. And his uh, six assists were pretty impressive as well. They were running stuff through the post with him, which is a pretty fun little wrinkle and a nice way to kind of take advantage of the strongest player on the team and his strengths. Uh, thoughts on OG's game last night, Katie? You know, I I've talked earlier this week. He's kind of been the forgotten man during this run with, you know, Fred having the all-star buzz, Siakam doing his thing, Gary Trent, you know, scoring 7,000 points a game. But OG has been rock solid lately and providing just like a really, really great third option for the team. Thoughts on his effort last night against the Chicago Bulls? That's sort of uh, the beauty always of OG is is mm -hmm. that quiet, like that quietness, right? Um, mm -hmm. I mean, that's unfortunately why and how he kind of gets put aside. I mean, I remember when it would be like, it kind of reminds me of when Pascal started to have like these great plateaus in, in his game and mm -hmm. you got used to the kind of explosiveness. And then when he would have like a 25 point game with like, you know, a lot of, like a lot of like solid assists, solid rebounds, it would feel like a quiet game. You mm -hmm. kind of be like, oh, like Siakam didn't really do that much, <laughs> you know, because I think you just get like you get used to this caliber of performance, right? Like it's a good thing to be spoiled by. Uh, and mm -hmm. I think similarly, that's happening a little bit with OG. Um, he also just doesn't he's not a very loud player, you know, mm -hmm. like he's he doesn't have uh, wouldn't say as many like celebratory moves. He just is very <laughs> like stealthy and kind of deadly out there which is a very cool thing that i still like of how much it unsettles uh mm -hmm. in teams 
especially when he just seems to pop up where they were not expecting him, mm -hmm. uh, which I really like. So yeah, man, uh, OG looked great. OG's looked great for as long as he's been back, honestly. And I mm -hmm. just like, I'll always say this about OG, but it just feels very overdue for him. So it's great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, again, I think because some other guys in the team have maybe like leapt past their preseason expectations so far, like OG's very clear growth has been kind of diminished, but it shouldn't be like he has been really, really good. His defense is back at the level that you want OG's defense to be. I think it maybe started the season, not quite there, but you know, you saw last night guarding Zach Levine a whole bunch. Like he's just, he's really, really good and does a lot of things for you. And the fact that they're kind of unleashing him now as this playmaker in the post is really exciting because he, you know, he, he's got some passing chops in, in close quarters in particular. I think that's always kind of been a strength of his dumping off to guys. We saw them late last night, find that uh, play to Scotty Barnes under the basket in crunch time with, you know, through the post. And they went right back to it again. OG uh, had a little turnaround jumper. Maybe he could have gone right up with it. It seemed like maybe there was a lane to the basket there, but that's part of the learning experience, right? And the fact that he's kind of testing out new things in his bag, it's never going to be a bad thing. Over the last six games that they've gone five and one in, OG, 19.3 points. He's shooting 53.4% from the floor, 45.7 from three. Those struggles seem to be kind of dissipating. Six boards and nearly four assists as well. So a really, really excellent stretch here from OG. And, you know, when all these guys are playing like this in this sort of harmonious fashion, this team is uh, not a picnic to play against. They will take on the Atlanta Hawks tonight. The Hawks are playing really well. They got Trey Young last uh, back last night and pulled off a big win. Uh, who did they beat last night? They uh, Let me see. Come here. Come on. Come on. Oh, yeah, it was the Suns. They only ended the Suns' 11-game winning streak. Uh, so that should be a really fun game tonight, a good test for the Raptors. But... All told, the fact that they again, I'll restate it again, that they're five and one already in this stretch against these four teams, playing them twice, is a clear success. Like they've already won this stretch of the season, and uh, here's hoping they can kind of continue it on tonight. Uh, Katie, before we wrap up, any parting shots? Any last thoughts on the game against the Bulls last night, on the weekend against the Hawks and the Hornets? Uh, what's your sort of uh, any any final thoughts before we get out of here? Yeah, I think the next two games I'm actually more interested in because, um, as you mentioned earlier, depending on where the Raptors end up in the in playoff seating, I'm mm -hmm. less worried about them matching up with like you know your traditionally top seeded teams in the East than I am yeah. against a team like the Hawks or the Hornets. Honestly, right. right? Like teams that are also, and I know they'd have to climb up pretty high to get there, but teams that are also like quote surprise, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, seeds and are gonna fight really really hard to keep their spots mm -hmm. um so yeah I'm, I'm i'm a bit curious and like energy wise they match up a little bit better i think against the hawks and the hornets you know mm -hmm. um i think it'll be a good opportunity especially those two teams are quite fast and pretty young so to just be disruptors and see if they yep. can slow themselves down and play that style of basketball rather than just being out ahead of it all the time Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it'll be a good, a good look into the future. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how you feel about like a potential playoff matchup against the Bulls, for example. Like that, 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 that I could watch that. I could watch that series for sure. I would be fully on board with that. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want to see Raptors Heat because I don't want to poke my eyes out. Uh, <laughs> but I do want to see Raptors Bulls because that would be just like a really, really fun series. I think with a lot of interesting sort of matchup stuff to consider. But 
you know, as much as those teams up top are to be worried about, like the seven through 10 range right now, the Hawks are playing really well. The Celtics are playing out of their minds. And, you know, the Hornets have lost a couple here. They might be maybe like the least potent of those four teams, but they're not impotent. And the Raptors obviously playing really good basketball too. Like that seven through 10, I don't think anybody's thrilled about being a one or two seed in the East this season because you're going to play some combination of two of those teams. Like mm -hmm. it's a, uh, the East is going to be freaking wild. Katie, I think is sort of the, the takeaway here. And like the, it's going to be impossible if it stays this clustered to predict any sort of matchups or get any sort of, you know, pre playoff film watching in, because it's going to be decided in the last few days. But I think it's probably the most interesting story in the NBA right now is where the Raptors are, like that sort of range of the Eastern Conference and how it all shakes out and how the matchups all shake out. It's uh, it's really fascinating stuff, and we will surely keep an eye on it as we go forward here. But Katie, going to round out the show here. Do you have anything you would like to promote for the good people out there before we round out the week? Yeah, I wrote a really big feature about your favorite player, Miles Bridges, um, for <laughs> Dime. So that is on Dime. And uh, I spoke with Tom Izzo, his, his coach at Michigan State. Awesome. Uh, he's wonderful, wonderful man. I spoke with one of his uh, assistant, one of the Hornets assistants, Dutch Gately, and he's a trainer who also works pretty closely with Miles. And I spoke with Miles uh, just about his kind of his upward trajectory this season and where that's all come from and how he went from, you know, a player who decided to stay a second year in college, which was seen as such a very, very radical choice, uh, you know, who, who had a quiet first three seasons in the NBA and is now just having like a pretty explosive breakout year on a pretty fun team. Um, yeah, it's a, I'm pretty proud of it. So you could read it at dime and you can also subscribe to basketball feelings. Hell yeah, you can. It is uh, the best emails I get. I don't, the only emails I actually enjoy, because who likes emails? Wow. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's high praise, Katie. You've made emails cool. Uh, yeah, that's uh, everyone go check that stuff out. Go check out the Hornets or the Miles Bridges piece from Katie. And uh, yeah, you can find me, of course, at Woodley Sean on Twitter. You can subscribe to this episode, this podcast. And, you know, if you listen to this episode and enjoyed it, you'll love all the other episodes we had this week. We had six episodes this week because we had the bonus on Wednesday with Corbin Ford talking trades with the Spurs. Wow. So please go and check it out. Yeah, we're just cranking it up. I think they're playing every night, Katie. I'm so tired. Yeah. but <laughs> A lot of content. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, you can go check those episodes out. Subscribe to the show on YouTube if you have not yet. You can find the show for free on all your favorite platforms as well. And thank you, as always, for making us your first listen of the day. Go make your second listen Locked On Bets as the big game is nine days away. And they have your inside track and all of the props and odds and lines and overs and unders and totals and all the other uh, gambling words that you like to use uh, over on Locked On Bets. So go subscribe to that show with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports getting you in the know ahead of the, uh, of the Super Bowl. And with that, we will wrap up this episode. We will wrap up this week. We'll be back again on Monday as it's trade deadline week next week. And so we're not going to plan too much. We'll just see what happens and react as we go. And uh, until then, thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.